0: Wow, And I have forced The Bean to spend some time with us whilst recording the podcast. She's still very interested in my beverages. I mean, she always is interested in your beverages. She's shoved her entire face into the open glass of water. I love water. Water. Sam, it's been a while since I've seen you. Yes, it's I've like been it. gone for a week. Have you enjoyed your trip? He Sam has t- chosen to take a week long vacation, followed up immediately by an extended weekend vacation. Not
1: a week later. Yep. Uh, it was it was good. It was South Carolina, which, if you know anything about South Carolina, I don't. Is um, I, I believe it's, they're south of Carolina, uh, south of North Carolina. Oh, is North
0: Carolina north of Carolina? It's north of South Carolina. Well, that seems like a bit of a
1: redundancy, but that's okay. You know what? That's Blame okay. the founding fathers. I, I don't know if I'm gonna do that. Well, actually, Jester, stop. A, <laughs> Guess tried, my hand's going here. She's just shoving her hand in your drink. <laughs> yeah. Took a vacation. Went to the beach. Saw some neat gators. Mm-hmm. Got a tattoo. A, a ate, new, a, a new tattoo. A new tattoo. Oh, this one on your on your butt? No. None of mine are on my butt. I am not interested in getting things uh, getting stabbed in my butt repeatedly for a couple hours. I mean, I'm sure, someone's into that. Yeah, we have a friend who's done it who has a uh, three butt tattoos.
0: Oh yeah, I always try and block that part out a little bit. If I'm being entirely honest,
1: hey, you know, because
0: well, I want I want to see my friends tattoos, but at the, oh, sorry, I want to see my friends tattoos. Tattoos, but at the same time, there are certain tattoos. It just doesn't feel right to ask. To you, see. you want to see his ass. You don't want to see his ass, but you want to see his tattoos. I'm not saying I don't want to see his ass. I don't oh. want to ask to see his ass. He would love to show you his ass. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, she's finally gotten snuggled up in her spot. Very good. Good. Very, Very good. Very good. This is ostensibly, this is, yes, ostensibly d and D podcast. D and D podcast. I'm Connor, and I'm Sam. We are the Dungeon Bros, yes. but we are not brothers. Nor
1: are we in a dungeon. We do have a cat. She is in a dungeon. She, of her own mind. I, sometimes.
0: She she was quite sad spending a lot of time alone here. And uh, she'll be even more sad because we'll both be gone. For Gen Con, which by the time this posts, uh, if you're watching this the day it posts, cool. we're gone like the next day. Yes, we're leaving tomorrow. As Unless as you're same. watching it live, which we're, we're leaving in three days. We're, yes, of course. And normal, and this is going to be a quicker turnaround than our normal podcast. We usually record like five to six days in advance. So we so I have time to edit and post. Now I just but since you've been gone. Since you've been gone.
1: Let's you know, not uh let's not get cancelled.
0: Since you've been gone.
1: Now the cat is messing with the pencil. Anyway, yes, since I've been gone, we haven't been able to record a podcast. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we do want to do some shout outs. I want to shout out our, our fellow
0: TikTok creator, Typical Gemini. He came and had a chat with me. We talked about Magic the Gathering and D&D and all that kind of fun stuff for an hour. You can check out that bonus podcast, which aired uh, last Wednesday as of the posting of this. Uh, and you can find that on YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Uh, I also want to shout out, I've, I've made another YouTube video about Great Weapon Master and Sharpshooter going up. Bean? If you're going to be like this, you're just not going to be on the table. (laughs) Do better. You were so good for like a minute. She has the attention span of a cat. Which is apparently about a minute. She found the quarters. Okay. Anyway. Great weapon master and sharpshooter. I go over the math and talk about this lovely concept called the threshold AC. It's a good time. Uh, Video not doing too hot. So That's, if you're
1: bored, go check it out. Go check it out. It's a four minute YouTube. watch. Yeah. It's four minute watch. It's a great time.
0: Uh, also, we've got uh, some our friends over at RPG Stories. They're making a 3D. I really hope the mic's picked that up. Our friends over at RPG Stories are making a uh, 3D virtual tabletop. Uh, Software that you can use to play D&D and other tabletop role-playing games. Uh, If you haven't seen any of their trailers, you can go find them on RPG Stories on YouTube. And it's really, really, really Mm feature-rich, it seems. Uh, They're they're doing uh, an alpha version of their software in the very near future, and we may or may not be partaking in it. We don't really do virtual tabletops very often. Uh, We did during the pandemic, but that was just out of necessity um but we're going to give it we're going to give it a, a look see for sure. And a final shout out to our uh, our friends Found Familiar Dice who uh you can find them on TikTok and Instagram. And after many trials and tribulations with the wonder that is the United States Postal Service. Yes. Uh they sent us over some amazing dice and stickers and they're gorgeous and amazing and Sam and I were fighting over cuz uh we wanted the same um set. <laughs> yes. We got two sets and we both wanted the same one, so we rolled off and I won. I'm very proud of myself. Yes. Of course, you can find us on the TikTok, the YouTube, the Instagram, the Discord server. All of those links are in the link tree in the bio. This podcast will go live on YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, Microwave Ovens, all of your other standard podcast listening services around the globe and we have a free drive through RPG homebrew every month this coming month for August we're going to be, we're going to go a little bit big to celebrate going to Gen Con, and we've got this lovely nature pack not nearly as big as our blood or a blood magic supplement. No. But it is quite sizable. We've got a druid subclass. We've got a couple spells that are nature themed. Sam did a, f- a couple feet. And a magic and item. And a magic item. We worked together on the subclass. The Circle of the Seas Druid. Imagine a moon druid that is a little less combat focused, a little more utility, battlefield control. And uh, you get a lot of uh, wonderful benefits for the swimming speed mm-hmm. beasts that the, wild, that, the, uh, that the druid can wild shape. Into
1: Speaking of druids Speaking of druids Samuel Yes Samuel
0: I don't remember I don't remember What conversation Led to me posing This question to you But we immediately Saved it for the podcast The druid Yes The druid Known class of D&D A known class of D&D One of the main One of the main Unique features of the druid Is the wild shape Where they can change Into a beast mm-hmm. Now if you are a druid In your humanoid form Say I'm a human druid Okay me. Connor, human druid. Hey, what's up? I, very notably, must require the toilet quite often. You do pooping. have
1: an excessive amount of bathroom breaks.
0: I, I enjoy a good poop. I, I enjoy a good poop. And, I, and I'm not afraid to say that I enjoy a good poop. Now, as the druid, if I needed to poop and then, ooh, combat breaks out. But I'm like literally full of shit. As you
1: are full of shit.
0: I'm, I'm colloquially full of shit, but literally full <laughs> of shit in this instance. If you wild shape into, let's say, a bear, does the bear still need to shit? Does does the shit magically just kind of disappear until you turn back into a human humanoid form? Does it come back at all? Yeah. Or will you need to shit as the brown bear, the polar bear, whatever... Whatever animal do you do you if you turn change into a squirrel, do you just do you need to take like little little baby poops and then you're back to a human and then you're big again? And like have you indeed
1: your yes d- the the question is if no one's around does the bear shit in the woods, and it turns out that bear is a druid when they revert does the poop also revert back to the because, human poop? Now we first I think we need to establish
0: if the druid whilst wild shaping would still need to poop. That's a good question Because You take the, the, the wording of wild shape You keep your mental statistics Your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma But you change your physical attributes To meet that of the beast That you're changing into That includes the strength, dexterity, mm-hmm. and constitution Does constitution tie into Your ability to hold in a shit? Do, does it? The I shit, mean, the 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 I feeling guess that, of, is that a sort of concentration check. Oh, does a druid shit themselves if they need to take a shit in wild shape? Now, <laughs> I didn't even think of that as an option. If I'm being entirely honest with you, I feel like logically the shit just doesn't go away. No, when you change, like your body is changing physically to, and like, it, it's not like the shit goes anywhere. The question. So I feel like if you change into your wild shape You would still have to take a shit Probably In your wild shape form I think we can agree on that Yes I believe so Now the question is Does the process of changing into your animal Thus change the nature of your shit Do you go from having regular humanoid shits To now you have brown bear sized shit Now you have little squirrel sized pellet shits Right Does that change Little deer bulbs now I feel like it has to change because if you were to change into that of a squirrel, a cat, and you kept your human shit, you would just be, you would immediately be bamped out of wild shape because the shit would like explode your would, intestinal tract. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like the shit has to change. Now we get into the final thread of this question. Now, if you were to change into a bear. As a druid, and you needed to shit, and then you took a shit in the woods as a bear, and now there's this giant pile of bear shit. When you change back, does the bear shit
1: become human shit? It's a, we don't know. That's that's a good question. Or like a bird, a bird gets rid of everything, all liquid, all solid when they when they mm. when they go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. birds, known aerial bombers, mm. often a trope in a car in a in a movie or a mm-hmm. TV show. Um, so yeah, like if you were flying as a bird and you let one loose and then as it was about to strike you morph back into your human form, did you suddenly just take a big deuce on somebody? Or they still just get splattered with bird shit. Wow. 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 Because if if so, I feel like druids crossed the land do this as pranks. Like but is a dru- but is a druid na- now
0: we're getting into a sidebar of if is is the druid a prankster style class?
1: Well I think They've I got think... the they got the tools at their disposal. They do. That's for sure. And they're nature-y things, and, and very re- and nature's very related to the fae. Fae are tricksters. Now not to extrapolate too far. Now I want to get
0: I wanna get mechanically deep into this. Okay.
1: Roll D20. No. Okay.
0: Now there are other features and spells that change how you are physically. Yes. And then they have stipulations for things being worn or carried as well. They morph into you using, or fall to the ground usually. Using the example of, let's say invisibility. Okay. You, along with everything you are holding and wearing, become invisible. If you then drop an object, the object doesn't stay invisible mm. when it is not on your person. So... Following that kind of logic and the polymorph logic of things go into you, but you can choose what you keep and stuff. I do feel like once you take a shit as the brown bear, as it's like, like when it's still like when it's like coming out, but it's still on you, it's bear shit. But before it even hits the ground, it's changed back into your humanoid shit. Mm. So with the example of the bird, I feel like it comes out liquidy and then changes into the human form. Immediately once it's been expelled from the body, airstrike and then it drops. So I do think that a druid would be able to airstrike bomb
1: with humanoid poop, and then they're all cleared out now. Now, now they're clear. Shift back into human, and once they shift back, clear, they've, yeah, they've free and clear. Don't even have to wipe.
0: Yeah.
1: Well. Oh fuck! Do they need
0: to wipe? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to go. To this. <laughs> I, we've, we've talked for at least f- seven minutes about poop at this point. I think we need to just stop and acknowledge, in my mind, and Sam, you may choose to disagree with this, but in my mind, the moment that you poop as your, as your animal form, once it expels from your body, it changes into human poop. Or
1: elf poop, or dwarf poop, or whatever humanoid form poop you would have. Right, that'd be really dangerous. If you like polymorphed a giant, <sighs> just got like a fucking hill giant, known eaters of everything, and they just change into a like a little songboard.
0: little bird, yeah. <laughs> Drop it like five pound bombs
1: on people. <laughs> wow, that's. This has been the Dungeon Bros. Uh, if I'm you have any comments about wild shape, fecal matter, please let us know in the comments, or just keep it to yourself. I respect that too. Maybe honestly. ask your mother.
0: Ask your mother. I, wow. So you know, uh, uh, <laughs> hey mom, I got a question. You think a you think a druid wild shaping into a brown bear and they took a shit? It would be human shit or bear shit? Be like, what the fuck's a druid? <laughs>
1: And what are you uh, talking
0: about, child? What do you mean? You're speaking. You're speaking in nonsensical tones and limericks. I can't handle this right now. Your mother kicks you out of your out of her house. Um, we're not going to adopt you. Um, you can you can file an application with the
1: moon. Yes. Um, Remember, two to three business weeks. Business weeks. Return time. time. Keep forgetting it's business weeks. <laughs> it's not business days. Oh wow! So, um, so part of this came, this 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 thought came about because uh, you know we watched recently the trailer for yes. the D and
0: D movie. Now, b- before we get too deep into it, this is going to be a little bit different than the normal episode because when we looked for news items, it oh, was just not a lot. It was just D and D movie, D and D movie, D and D movie, D and D movie, D just all the way down. Uh, I didn't even see any news items talking about the Wonders of the Multiverse UA, mm-hmm. so we're going to just talk about the movie, and then we're going to talk about the Wonders of the Multiverse UA, mm-hmm. and I think that'll be adequate. We, we did mention on the last podcast, I believe, or no, it was, the, the trailer wasn't out yet. I don't remember. I think we, I think we Time talked. Time is a weird soup. I think we talked to each other about Possibly. the D&D movie. And but that's
1: where we got the wild shape. Yes,
0: because there's wild shaping in that movie. There is wild shaping, and there the is there is a tiefling druid who I'm kind of surprised. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that at least I'm not seeing it because I don't want to see it. But I'm kind of surprised there aren't more people that are upset that the now official movie representation of a tiefling is just a white girl with a little with little baby horns.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in the and again, I haven't seen a lot of the the. the not backlash, not hate, just like the disgruntled yeah. nature of uh, things that I've seen in, that we've seen in this trailer. I've seen the people responding to the disgruntled mm. nature, a lot of have, reaction, reacting to yeah, reactionary, reacting, reacting to the reactions. Yeah. But uh, I mean, in the PHP, it does say tieflings are often humanoid, human color, human skin color, or shades of red. Yep, yeah. and then the art is purple. Yep. And then people make them blue
0: and green. Colloquially, I feel like the tiefling has taken on the skin tone of various vibrant colors. Yes. Um, but that is it is how it's written in the PHP. Also, everyone, like, fucking calm down. It's fine. Yeah. Do what it, you want. It's fine. Very he, attra- attractive actress. She, lo- she looks the part of the druid. She's got horns. Like, let's just calm down. Yes. You know. The other thing that people are very upset about is that this druid... At one point in the trailer, Wild Shapes into an Owlbear. Mm-hmm. Now, the Owlbear, very popular D&D monster. Very popular. Very popular. We've got our own little Owlbear miniature up on the shelf. Yes. The Owlbear, notably not a beast, and thus not eligible to be transformed into via the method of Wild Shaping. As traditionally, as raw. Uh, raw. It is, it is classi- as written. It's classified as
1: a monstrosity. Ultimately, it's fine. It's cool. Who we'll gives a shit? It's not like it's fine. It's not even. It's not like specifically more powerful than anything else. Like it's a, it's a it's a CR three creature. Yeah. It's it's fine. It doesn't have any like weird abilities. It has a claw attack. It has a bite attack. Yeah. I mean, what makes it different from a brown bear besides the owl part of it? Exactly.
0: What makes it different than an owl? But the bear part. But the bear, of bear it. part of it. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot more similar to a bear than an owl.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's neither here nor there. little column A, mostly column B.
0: So, what we know about the D&D movie. D&D, Honor Among Thieves. Yes. Hat. Uh, It's going to come out in March 2023. Very excited. I think that's a good window for a movie like that to come
1: out. That like late winter, early spring. Mm. Not a lot's happening in that window usually. We're well enough past the Christmas window into the, yeah. but not yet into the summer releases. Exactly. There's usually a lull there in movie going, and I think this will slot in quite nicely,
0: uh, starring Chris Pine, uh, rene Jean Page, Roger Jean Page, something like that. I don't know. the the cat The cast is good. Um, we know that it's going to be taking place in the Forgotten Realms along the Sword Coast uh, we know that the bad guys are the, the red mage like lich society in the Forgotten Realms we're, we're also talking from a place of knowing the Forgotten Realms kind of
1: yeah, vaguely. I vaguely. mean, we've talked enough about different it, settings.
0: It appears that this uh, adventuring party it, did a mission together to acquire a magic item for the Red Mages, and uh, they learned, oh, we really shouldn't have done that, and mm-hmm. now they're trying to get it back, sort of a sort of a vibe. Uh, Chris Pine's the, the, the leader, the face of the party, the bard. I haven't really seen him casting spells, really.
1: Right, we see a little bit of him and it's it's a joke's made that he plays the lute. Yes.
0: I am well, I'm, I'm interested to see the the spells. We've seen versions of like fireball, we've seen shield, uh various spells being cast mostly by the mages it seems. Yeah. Um there's a there's a there's two dragons that we've seen. One of them is in a cave system, a very large, fat dragon, which I believe is a reference to a character that is in one of the Forgotten Realms books. I can't remember if it's Waterdeep. I can't remember if it's Dragon Heist uh, or somewhere on the Sword Coast.
1: Uh, we, we also see an acid dragon yes a uh, black dragon flying in, in and spewing its its uh, acid breath
0: yes it look it looks very similar if you've seen the last few seasons of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. it seems like the CG quality is up to par with that if not better and I like that I really like that they picked a dragon that didn't breathe fire As, like that's gonna be a visual cue that dragons here are for People that don't know D and D, it's a very it's a very nice visual cue that oh not all dragons breathe fire in the D and D universe yes if you will um, so that's fun you, we, there's there's so many small little subtle hints uh, a helm of. What is it, a helm of bl- Is there a helm of blasting? Because it looks like it's a helm that's casting, like, thunder waves. I think
1: there might be a helm of- yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe a helm of brilliance or a helm of a telepathy. I don't know.
0: Something- Something- It looks like they're casting a thunder wave spell or shatter or something similar yes. from a helmet. Uh, you, uh, we mentioned the fireball, the the shield. Uh, there's a mimic. There's a mimic. There's a, a, a displacer beast. The, mi- the mimic? The freeze frame of the mimic once it opens its mouth and then all of its teeth come out and then it starts to lash the tongue is like ugh the detail on that mm-hmm. is just chef's kiss uh and also disgusting. <laughs> and um but yeah I've never I've never thought of it like this but the the idea that the mimic in its chest form it doesn't have legs so it moves by lashing well, out the tongue. tongue sticking to something and then pulling it toward Yeah. which that makes total sense. That's awesome do we know specifically what classes the party of the movie is obviously we know the bard we know the druid
1: um i believe there's a barbarian the 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 woman yes the barbarian we did not do our research on names (laughs) the man i feel like is either a paladin or a rogue
0: you think so i was going to guess sorcerer based on how he was sorcerer because because i've seen him holding a sword as well as like throwing like a dagger thing Maybe so. I'm not entirely sure on that. Uh, They may have announced it. This trailer, along with many, many panels, came out during San Diego Comic Con uh, this recent weekend. Um, We haven't had a chance to look through all of it because it's a lot.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot. And Sam's been gone for a week. I have. Ooh, let's see. Well, there's screen. I'm. I'm just. Go away, Dad. Uh, Hold on. Anyway, I was going to look it up, but uh, Screen Rant doesn't like my ad blocker. All right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter anymore. We see them in a
0: coliseum of some kind, mm-hmm. partaking in battles, fighting a displacer beast. R- Jumping into a gelatinous cube. <laughs> Dodge. That is, that is an interesting combat decision that they've really been, is, chosen to make. Really is. Really um, is. I'd love to see how it plays out for them. <laughs> you, can see, you can see a dissolved humanoid form inside the gelatinous cube when they jump into it. I feel like I would rather be hit by the Displacer Beast,
1: personally. Well. But, uh, uh, you know, besides all of this, just, like, straight up, okay, we're taking a thing from D&D and putting it into a movie. I think what we, you and I, are kind of happy to see is that they're not just making this a a Lord of the Rings style, like, we are in this universe and series. Yeah. There's still a lot of razzing between the characters. Oh, it is
0: there's now there has been some complaints i've seen online people complaining that it's very marvel in the sense that it's like, there's a lot of, it's quippy and it's and, uh, it, at the end of the day if you're making a proper D&D movie you need to play the movie as you would playing a DD game oh yeah and Unless unless the goal is... Like, unless you're playing, like, EXU Calamity. Mm-hmm. Where the whole point is it's very serious, it's very dark, you need to be in this. And even then, even in EXU Calamity, they laughed, like, every episode and there was still a stupid bit or something that Sam did or whatever.
1: Yeah. And, That's the great thing about D&D, is we're not there to play a game of great acting. We're not there... To read off a script, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be friends getting around the table and doing goofy things. Now, now, critical rule is scripted, Sam. Oh yes, you know, you
0: know this.
1: Yes, the uh, we figured this. The, you know, all the all the people out there figured it out long ago that it is very scripted. Yeah, you know, they have they have them right in front of them, and it's just <laughs> it's too perfect. Other, like it wouldn't, you wouldn't see them scrolling on their iPads, yeah. totally not looking up. Not not how to grapple (laughs) looking up the rules for grappling or
0: (laughs) or or Ashley being like, how does mister work? (laughs) (laughs) I Want mister to throw his flaming poop. All right. uh, What's his all right roll to attack? All right. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where's mister? Okay. I've played this character
1: for almost 30 episodes now. Where's mister? (laughs) Where's mister? Okay, but uh, You know what if people are Set that um, that this looks that has a good film quality. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely seems like a modern style film, a well yeah. a well you know a well thought out and um, filmed modern style or recorded modern style film. And if if they don't like that, it's quippy because Marvel figured out a long time ago that people liked the little jokes in their movies. That people like to have fun when they go to a movie, right? <laughs> And also the fact that, like, it's supposed to be representative of these superheroes. These superheroes probably aren't just being serious the whole time. No, very serious. Very serious. Very serious. Very serious. It's Iron Man. He's very serious.
0: Anyway. All right. All right, Iron Man. Flick me, says Ant-Man as he sticks his butt up to be flicked onto Captain America. Like, come on. You flick too hard, damn it! <laughs> Thor, Love, of Thunder. It's fine. More above, flicking ab- Above Above the average for a Marvel film, I would say.
1: Enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Strong Nally Portman. Mm, mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: Raising an army of children. Weird. Well, you know, you do you, Thor. That's <laughs> fine. Weaponize the kids. That's cool.
1: Weaponize the children.
0: Getting out of the sidebar within a sidebar. Yes. <laughs> D&D movie, March 2023. We're both going to be seeing it and probably doing an entire episode of the podcast on it. yes, uh, we are happy that it's they're they're taking it serious enough to put in the production quality to put in the writing to get the actors that are going to care about it and uh, Hugh Grant is in it as well, yes, which I believe he's like he i feel i feel like I think he's one of the water deep or, or um sword coast politician one of the people in charge kind of things, a side character. But it's clear that they're taking this movie seriously enough that it's going to at least not be bad. Right. They're putting enough resources into it. The people that that have been making it, that are acting in it, have talked about their experiences with D&D. Some of the actors didn't know anything about D&D before they took this role, but have since started to like it Mm -hmm. and plan to play it in the future again. Um... I think it is representative of what D and D is in many ways. I'm glad that they chose the Forgotten Realms. That's classic, quintessential D and D setting. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you want your serious, gritty D and D, there's Game of Thrones. There's Lord <laughs> of the Rings. There's the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power coming out soon. There's fucking House of Dragons, there's Vikings, Like, you, there's any number of fantasy settings that are, right. take themselves seriously that you can watch. This is what
1: D&D is. Here's the thing about, you know, you can you can take any movie that you really want and look at it like, oh, this was somebody's D&D game. And you can add, and you can be like, that's the shield. You can flavor it however you want. And, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, uh, people will need to a lot of people will need to accept that just because this movie isn't the way that they play D&D doesn't mean this is going to be a bad movie. Yeah. I, I, in fact, think it is going
0: to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Me not, too. Not willing to say it's going to be great or change the fabric of cinema. Or D&D. Or D&D. In fact, I don't think, I don't think any movie could change the very fabric and nature of D&D. It's It's true. I think it's going to get more people interested in the hobby. I think that is only going to be good. Um, I think we've talked about this before. Bob the World Builder builder on YouTube has done wonderful videos, and he's shown Google Trends for D&D and how they always spike with Stranger Things. I think the D&D movie is going to be another big spike, for D&D in general. Bring some new
1: people into the fold. Yep. And that's always good.
0: Always good. They're, and by the time that that movie comes out and they're getting into the hobby, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that they can that they can do. I wouldn't be surprised if they start releasing some free content on D&D Beyond around the Forgotten Realms. That kind of ties into some of the things going on in the mm, movie. Stat well. blocks, especially for any of the characters. Villains, or Villains. Um, maybe, maybe a monster compendium for red mage enemies, mm. and that kind of stuff. We'll see. We'll see. That's all speculative at this point. And we will continue to speculate. You can't stop us. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spectacle late all over this place. You're going to spectacle
1: late. Spectacle late. Spectacular. So, we agree, we agree that, uh. No movie will change the fabric of D&D. Segways are nice. Uh, but you know what will change the fabric of D&D? Fabric. Fabric. In this case... <laughs> uh, digital digital tree
0: paper with words on them. Those words being Wonders of the Multiverse. Yes, uh, they have released yet another Unearthed Arcana. We recently had the Giants Unearthed Arcana, and there's some changes to some of the giant things in this one. This mm-hmm. one is Wonders of the Multiverse. And we are a bit perplexed, just off the top, what
1: this UA is playtesting for. Yeah, because it can't be playtesting for anything in Spelljammer, because that comes there, out in two weeks. Yes, and there's a lot of... spell. By the time this came
0: out, the books for Spelljammer were already printing. Mm-hmm. like the, On production time to physically create the product, it already had to have been finalized long before this. So, I'm interested... Where where this is going to play into? Obviously, it seems like they're leaning more into how they want to change backgrounds and feet assignments yes. for
1: uh, the eventual five point five that we're going to get in the coming years. Which, if we want to talk about, like maybe they're actually listening in community because a huge amount of the community goes, we don't have enough opportunity for feats exactly raw at rules as written. Now,
0: at our tables, at most tables that we play at. Um, The level one feat is very common. The Mm -hmm. training and downtime to acquire certain feats is a common. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my wizard Lucian hasn't taken a feat as an ASI, and he has like two or three feats.
1: Yeah, so So,
0: (laughs) that's that. It's kind of how it is, and I'm a big fan of the level one feat. Now. Before we get into the feats section, the feats are only a part of this. Uh, This includes a new race, the Glitchling, a new subclass for the Cleric, the Fates Domain, Uh, several backgrounds. Uh, One of them is a rework, or one or two of them. Two of them are reworks of the giant UA backgrounds, a plethora of feats, as well as some spells around the magic of fate and playing into like a deck of many things, card-based style magic. Uh, we're not going to go feature by feature and talk about like the details of everything in the nitty-gritty. You, there's plenty of great YouTubers out there that have already done in-depth breakdowns from the perspective of power gamers to casual people that are just into the UAs, and etc. cetera, and so on. But the glitchling is a, a being created by the forces of planar law. Uh, specifically, they call out uh, the plane of Mechanus, uh, for lawful planes, uh, and there's other various planes that they can come from. But the glitchling, many people are asking why the glitchling isn't just a modron race. I've mm-hmm. seen that on on many uh, a YouTube video. I you can flavor it however you want. Obviously, uh, it is a construct. It is the first race that's actually truly a construct because I do believe that the warforged is still considered a humanoid.
1: And not a construct. I don't know if that's my head.
0: Medium creature, thirty foot walking speed, uh, armor plating to buff your AC, uh, balanced chaos, which is kind of like a, a, a minimum little, roll mechanic that little, you. Yeah. Uh, for example, the rogue later on gets um, um, reliable talent. The reliable talent, where you can't roll below a ten. <laughs> this is kind of similar to that. You get it a certain number of times. Uh, living construct. It basically
1: is like you are a construct, but you can still you can still take healing spells. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a foot. It's it could have been a footnote that says, "Hey, don't don't be a dick to your players if they decide to play this."
0: Yep. Advantage on against being charmed, and uh, you get wings that yeah. you can use to fly. That equal to your walking speed. It's limited. Very interesting. I, I, it's kind of Warforged, but a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely a much different flavor. I mean, more races, more better. I like that it's actually a construct. Yeah, and then they add, actually add in a feature like yes, you can still take the benefit of healing spells. Now, it doesn't say healing spells. It calls out specific healing spells. He- cure mm-hmm. wounds, healing word, mass cure wounds, mass healing word, and spare the dying. Mm-hmm. So your healing spirit isn't going to do anything. Notably, it doesn't call out revivify. It doesn't call out reincarnation. It doesn't call out uh, raise dead or a mm-hmm. true resurrection. Any of that. So... <laughs> That could be a bit challenging to overcome. Obviously, it's very difficult to die in D&D
1: right now. Yes, I mean, unless you're playing a super hardcore, gritty idea of a campaign, a a, a, a Dungeon of the Mad Mage sort of thing, um, where the point is to kill the characters. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't see anything necessarily wrong with this, uh, the glitchling. Um, I find it interesting that they've been
0: winding back the whole fly speed thing with the changes that they've been making to races, uh, specifically in Monsters of the Multiverse. Mm-hmm.
1: Took so, away a lot of 50-foot 50, 50 fly season, but it brought them down to your your walking speed. So it's interesting that they just are like, yeah, you
0: get fly speed equal to your walking speed. It's only until the end of your turn. And it's only a number of times per
1: day equal to your proficiency bonus. Yes,
0: um, but seeing as they're trying to move away from flying speed at level one kind of a thing it seems like or at least toning it back it's weird that i find it interesting that they would include it in the first place and the whole vestigial mechanical wings thing is even more like a modron <laughs> yeah modron whatever Modern. you want to call it
1: that's uh, uh, we don't really have a whole lot to say they get they get interesting quirks
0: that you can roll on a table it's it's another
1: I mean, race. yeah i was going to say in a lot of the races new races we've seen here recently include a quirk table basically yeah. or a or a trinket table or something like that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say with the addition of these new races I look forward to them revamping some of the
0: classic races. Uh it, a lot of these make uh the half elf features look a little a little lax. They make the even the elf features a little bit lax. Unless you get into the newer sub races the sea elf, pallet yeah. elf from Wildmount that kind of stuff.
1: You know it's one of those things where I wonder I don't think it'll happen for 5.5 but maybe 6th edition where if they'll for like race races or ancestries, whatever you want to call them, at that point, whether it'll be just like, all right, you choose your creature type, like construct, humanoid, uh, whatever, and then you just have a set of features. Like, all right, you get to choose one of these six features, you know, a random D6 table and be like, all right. Now, just like, you know, anything mm. else, it's super customizable. I could see that happening in, in a couple of years, but yeah, for now, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Oh, well, the Moving on to the Cleric subclass, the Fate Domain. Um, it gives you some options of uh, fate domain deities based on different backgrounds: Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, Dragonlance, or elven. Just just elven. Just <laughs> elven. Um, the spell list is uh, fine.
0: Yeah, nothing nothing crazy. I mean, Dissonant Whispers is a great spell. Warding Bond is fine. Beacon of Hope is fine. Death Ward is fine. Like all of these spell all of these spells are fine or very. Specific, use. specific, yeah.
1: Um, to be fair, the cleric also has probably the best spell list in the game. True. So, I mean, yeah, clerics are just in general are very, easy, you know, very powerful um, casters in general. Yeah, their level one features you
0: get kind of like a divination wizard light thing. You can cast augury once per day for free without using a spell slot. And you also get a reduced percentage chance that something's going to go wrong with spells like Augury, Commune, and Divination. I
1: find that interesting because I don't... I mean, I've, I've, I haven't i have have played with that many people, to be fair, but I've seen a lot online, and some of these spells aren't the best. Um, but also, All I don't know who's casting on so many times a day that they're actually going to run into the mm-hmm. the more than one time a day... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you've been rolling behind the screen, but for my divination
0: wizard, when I've had to when I've ritually cast augury, maybe three times, I don't recall any roll being had for whether or not it's accurate. You just tell me
1: the wheel. I think or it's wo- after. Isn't it after the first time? The first time a day you basically get okay. the correct and you I don't think you've ever cast it more than once a day and there's no real reason like
0: augury is is neat but it's really limited if it weren't a ritual it'd be near
1: useless Oh absolutely but
0: um, the next they get another level one feature where you can bond yourself to uh, an object or a creature tie yourself for one hour
1: had an extra d6 to either deal damage if it's an opponent or restore hit points if it's if it's a friend
0: it's a it's a nicely it's it's kind of like bane and bless tied into one single target and then just
1: a little bit bigger on the die size Mm -hmm. with a couple extra low it's a nice feature yeah as we go that's kind of the theme as we go forward with the half with these features um some of these features is they're like bane or best bless light it's buff or debuff light class. Like it's very hard to be a buff or debuff caster in D&D because they're all all buffs and debuffs mm-hmm. are pretty much concentration spells. It does and it really really limits what you can yeah. do in combat. There's plenty you can prep with, but do in combat is another thing entirely. Yeah, the the tying of this
0: feature to the use of the action as well makes this a you need to set this up beforehand or you're not going to be able to uh, now this could this could go well if you say throughout like a spiritual weapon with a bonus action spell and then use this to bind yourself to someone that Mm -hmm. would be fine uh, or vice versa in your order but it being used as an action very limit very much limits what you are capable of doing on a first turn in combat if you didn't prep this ahead of time yes but since it lasts an hour you certainly can sure uh, the level two feature, the channel divinity strands
1: of fate. It it's kind of like almost a silvery barbs light. It, so, uh, it allows you to, as a reaction, using your channel divinity, give it a, give a uh, attack roll and ability check, not a saving throw, but it a, a disadvantage or advantage, of your choice. But it but it, I'm sick and tired of
0: features requiring concentration. Yeah, it requires concentration. Then the. the the revised ranger that they put in Tasha's with the variant features the favored foe would straight up replace favored enemy if it just didn't require concentration there's so many things that require concentration that shouldn't
1: yeah and this being yes you do get you have to use your reaction already so you can only do it once per round to give one thing you can see disadvantage and you're concentrating on this for a minute so that reduces, if you want to, you can't use actual Silvery bars. You can't use um, um, Shield, or yeah, well not Shield. Um, anyway, you can't, if yeah, you, Shield, because you're using a reaction for this. Sorry, you ha- you also camera. have to be concentrating
0: on this, and thus that locks you out of so many amazing Cleric spells mm-hmm. that would be so much more impactful in combat. Your Spirit Guardians... One of the best spells in the game is a second level concentration spell. And it very much should be a concentration spell because of how good it is. But now you have to choose between setting up a giant AoE around you that slows and damages enemies that try to get close to you and your allies. Or I can concentrate for a minute to help out one person with some rolls. It, it It's not a fair trade. No. I think I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these f- class features requiring the use of concentration like it it's fine yeah es- especially because the class features aren't that great most of the time <laughs> like favorite foe is a is a d4 hunter's mark without tracking yes like it doesn't need to be concentrated on <laughs> next we have uh, insightful striking at sixth level it is a bonus action 30 feet Again, adding more to rolls uh, for attack rolls against target. Uh, target have to make a saving throw. You can reduce with a d6. Uh, you get it a, a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus modifier. This this is basically a I want to I want to attack them or I want to have them make a saving throw. So I'm going to use this as a bonus action to make it more effective. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think that's perfectly good. I like that it's a bonus action. I like that it's limited to 30 feet, so you're not going to be slinging something across the battlefield. You yeah. still got to get yourself up into combat. Doesn't require concentration. <laughs> the D6, I feel like, is the right size die for that level. Like, this is probably my favorite ability. I think I, I would agree with that. I think it uh-huh. is the most balanced. I think it is the most useful. Uh, this is, this one, stay as is. Stay as is?
1: Um, moving on. Eighth level potent spell casting. Add your wisdom modifier to damage with any cleric hand. Pretty standard cleric fare. Totally fine. Um, and then last. Mm-hmm. Number 17, Vision of the Future. Uh, you basically get a uh, to cast the Foresight spell once a day without expending a spell slot, um, but the duration is one minute on the casting. Um, fine. Cool. Foresight spell is a great spell. Ninth level spell.
0: Yep. At um, that point, uh, this feature is a bit lacking. But again, at 17th level, you're getting a free casting of a 9th level spell without a spell slot. Sure, you can't cast it in the midst of combat, but Foresight isn't a spell that you're usually casting in combat anyway. How long is the duration? I believe it's 24 hours. Let me. Let me oh, the duration is oh, one for minute this. for that casting. So you, yeah. so, this, so they're making Foresight a combat-oriented spell with this. Yeah. Which is, I mean, neither here nor there.
1: It it's definitely helpful,
0: um, but it's not. Uh, you're basically you're basically you're getting a ninth level spell slot basically. Yeah, you're basically getting an extra ninth level spell slot, which is amazing. So really, the back end of this subclass I feel like is more than fine. Yeah, it's the front. It's the channel divinity and those first level features are just like, what are we doing here? Right. A lot of and a lot of the wording, the requiring of concentration, the it, it, it feels like. They saw the reaction to the Twilight Cleric about how super overpowered that was, and then they overcorrected in the opposite direction to now we're getting a somewhat underpowered cleric. Which is ironic, because th- it's very difficult to make an <laughs> underpowered cleric in general. The spell list and the regular features they get
1: are just that good. Yeah. So maybe not Maybe not an underpowered cleric, just an un a, something that you wouldn't necessarily have that much fun playing subclass-wise. Yeah. Um, Next yeah. up, we've okay. got the backgrounds. And right out of the gate, the
0: first thing they talk about is bonus feats. It, I, we've talked about tying in feats to backgrounds mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, we are big fans of the level one feat. Tying them into your background instead of those kind of throwaway flavor feats that you get with regular backgrounds is great. They list off uh, the Scion of Elemental Air, Earth, Fire, Water, as well as Skilled and Tough as examples uh, that they're using. Uh, the, f- the, the backgrounds are the gate warden, the Giant Foundling, the Planar Philosopher, and the Rune Carver. And all of these, their feature is simply you gain... Insert feet presented later in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And all of those feats are like the primary, preliminary version of that feat that, has a, that is a prerequisite for a feat later that you get at fourth level. And we'll get into a little bit of that later. Uh, but the Gate Warden is like you're, gar- you're a guardian of planar portals, essentially. Mm-hmm. Giant Just- foundling? You were found by giants or whatever. Yep. A uh, planar philosopher you are studying of the planes. And
1: then the rune carver is a... Sw- uh, a Another r- giant you learn to carve runes. as yeah. a, um, The rune carver and giant foundling we saw in the last, the giant UA. Yes. Yes. Um, these are slightly different, but not that much. Not that much.
0: Uh, I mean, they're backgrounds. There's, yeah. only, there's only so much you can get. Now, the bulk of this of this UA is dedicated to the feats, mm-hmm. which we'll get to now. There are a lot a lot <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read them all off real quick runecarver apprentice scion of elemental air scion of elemental earth scion of elemental fire scion of elemental water scion of the outer plains strike of the giants agent of order baleful scion cardomancer cohort of chaos ember of the fire giant fury of the frost giant guile of the cloud giant keenness of the stone giant outland's envoy planar wanderer righteous heritor carver adept Soul of the Storm Giant, and Vigor of the Hill Giant. Now, a lot of those sound very familiar. They do. It's almost like they reprinted all of the giant stuff and they tweaked them a lot. They did. Yeah, so. A lot of these feats have level prerequisites. A lot of these feats are requiring... The prior feat. The, a prerequisite feat of some kind. Before we get into the specifics of these feats, and, we're not, and again, we're not going to read through every single detailed feature when it comes to the background feats i am much, i would much prefer that these go the way of how they're moving in with racial feats at the moment where a lot of them get bonus spellcasting of some kind for example i'm i've been making a paladelf ranger mm-hmm. right now and the paladelf the blessings of the moonweaver they learn the light cantrip at level three, they learn sleep and can cast it once a day. At level five, they learn invisibility and can cast it once per day. With these background feats, give them the introductory feat when they take the background. And instead of making them take it at level four or later instead of an ASI, because the big problem that we have with a lot of these feats is you need to choose, am I going to, am I going to increase my most important ASI, mm-hmm. which is mathematically going to be the most advantageous over time, or am I going to take a feat? and that is always an opportunity cost no matter what you take
1: even it's, if you're doing even if you're doing the half ASI ones mm-hmm. it's still do i want the cool thing or do i want the ability up and especially if you're supposed to be a hero in the game you probably want to be the best at what you're doing exactly if not because of story rise if be just because gameplay that's more fun mm-hmm. and spellcasters in particular oh yeah with Martial
0: characters, the plus one, the plus two, the plus three weapon are like that's very easy to come by. Most tables you're gonna get some version of an upgraded weapon. As a spellcaster, increasing your spell attack modifier and your spell save DC are very, very difficult. Paramount. They're very important, and they're very difficult to increase. Wizards has done a lot to limit the magic items that increase Spell Save DC and Spell Attack modifiers, usually magic items only have one or the other, yep. or the bonus is just a plus one. You're not It's not very common you find a plus two or a plus three bonus to Spell Attack and Spell Save DC. So once you start getting into Spell Save DCs of, like, the difference between a Spell Save DC of 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 is a much bigger difference and a much bigger buff in your power mm-hmm. than... An attack roll modifier going from a 9 to an 11. Right. Or a 9 to a 12. You know? With that being said, a lot of these prerequisite feats, I personally think the future version that you can get, and I think there's a couple of options depending on your prerequisite feat, a lot of those later options are half feats where you get a plus 1 to an ASI and then a feature. Get rid of the plus one to your ASI, and then when you reach a level, you just get that. Mm-hmm. Much like how the racial feats at a certain level, you just get another spell. So your backgrounds, much like your character, are growing and expanding and influencing you as you progress through the game.
1: Yeah, because especially after as 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 base fifth edition, once you you know you have your background, and sure, when you go to a city, you can get free lodging. Or when you go, you can get a free boat transport, but that's not going to help you very much. Um, as we were we were talking earlier before the before we started recording, doing that is is both of both of us I think a great way to do it. Unfortunately, with the way a lot of current feats are, it would almost eliminate those or if they if the uh, wizards wanted to change them like let's say sharpshooter great weapon master mm-hmm. you touch those you're gonna have a lot of angry people because those oh, are yeah. really great feats um base and and if you wanted to kind of do have this evolving sort of idea it'd be very hard to change those and get them into that sort of meta exactly there's there's a lot of
0: feats that should not be touched i think that rather than, all right, the only way you get a feat is you have to give up an ASI for it, or the only way you can get a feat is by picking the right background and leveling it up as you level up. Why not have both? True. You can have both. You can have your feats that are dedicated that you have to take instead of an ASI, your sharpshooter, your great weapon master, tough, mm-hmm. warcaster, etc et cetera, and so on a magic initiate, that kind of shit. And then you have feats that are going to grow with you as your background, and I would even say there are some feats that you could probably pick to take in lieu of that progression. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking, for let's just say for example, the Rune Carver Apprentice, and then later Rune Carver Adept, it would grow into in this hypothetical situation. Instead of that. Maybe you can, your background can let you choose to just take magic initiate. Mm -hmm. Maybe instead of more of the physical based ones that grow, you can instead choose tough or skilled, or they even listed those options out under the backgrounds, tough and skilled specifically of options that can be taken with backgrounds. Now, should any feat be available to any
1: background? No, I don't think that. If we want to keep some sort of, like, order of, of reason to play certain backgrounds, or, or, yeah. or, or reason to have a difference among the, you know, the reason that you, know, you play a wizard versus the reason you play a bard. Exactly. That sort of
0: idea. Exactly. We're not going to get into the details of these. If you, want, if you have any particular one that you want to call out, a lot of these are related to the planes, uh, various elemental planes, outer planes, that kind of stuff. A lot of them are just slight changes to the giant feats that we got from the last unearthed Arcana. So we're not going to go over that. I do want to bring up the Cardomancer using a deck of cards as your spellcasting focus, and then you can get additional, uh, D4 as a bonus to damage of spells that you use cast. Um, You get a a limited number of those. You get card tricks, so you learn prestidigitation, and you can use it to create illusions and stage magic and stuff. Um, And then the hidden ace, you can choose a spell and imbue it into a card. The interesting thing about that, uh, they probably need to change the wording of it because you could theoretically imbue an entire deck of 52 cards with spells and just not use them because they don't expire until you use them. Yep. So maybe limit it to 24 hours. (laughs) But that's kind of like a mini ring of spell storing. Yeah, all of that. All cool. of that is flavorful and cool, and it ties into the spells that we'll get to here
1: shortly that are entirely based upon cardomancy. But again, it's a fourth pre level pre-reck fourth level, and you have to be sorcerer, warlock, or wizard. Bard. As, yeah, that's yeah. that's quintessential bard. Why is it not an option for a bard? And then again, is basically a ring of spell storing and a little bit extra D4 damage worth your ASI.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, the whole prerequisite of fourth level thing that isn't for feats that scale, that are meant to be taken in sequence, why mm-hmm. are we doing that?
1: I will say I want to. Uh, I was looking at the giant UA just before this. I want to uh, point just to... Um, so before, the giant ones just had prerequisites of levels. Now you have to... have to... I put that in air quotes for those of you who are on the podcast services around the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to take the uh, strike, strike of the giants, strike of the giants as your first level, and then it was, I think, three fourth level to eighth level. They're all now fourth level, and most of them are pretty similar. The one of the big ones I did notice that they changed was the keenness of the storm giant. Before, it was you got a free spell. I don't remember what. It might have been Blur. Um, but now, you have a weird sort of magic stone ability mm. where you can take a rock and chuck it for 1d10 damage plus some stuff so per day. mini catapult. Mm, kind of. Kind of. Uh, they also... Don't
0: know if it's worth the fourth level. They also re- uh, revamped Rune carver Apprentice and Rune carver Adept. They very much limited the spells list that you can get as Rune Carver Apprentice. I think the spells are not that great. Uh, there are some standout ones, Ray of Sickness, Disguise Self, Entangle, Chromatic Orb. Those are fine. But the limitation on the spells that you can get access to with this feat is big nerf. Uh, and then the Rune Carver Adept. Uh, you basically just get additional types of runes that are non-spell related, the battle runes, the healing runes, and the runic winds that just, uh, the battle runes, uh, give you advantage, give you or, uh, uh, another creature advantage on their next attack roll. Healing gives temporary hit points. Uh, the runic winds, uh, basically just increase movement and the creature doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. Um... Those are also half feats as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rune Carver Apprentice, you also just naturally learn Comprehend Language, which is just a nice spell. You can use, cast it without a spell slot, and you get two rune choices from the rune spells list, and you can change those out uh, when you take a long rest. Yes. If you want to look into the details of all of the various elemental planes, along with the outer planes and the giants, uh, it is free
1: on dnd.wizards.com, and you can grab it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the spells... Spells were something we were uh, very interested in talking about. They gave us uh, five new spells um, based upon the deck of many things. Yes, And this cardomancy um, um, feat idea as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Two summoning spells, summon warrior spirit and summon spirit of death. Uh, Spirit of death, which does summon a creature. Uh, House of cards, antagonize, and spray of cards. Overall, before we get into them... A lot of these spells are not that great And are outclassed by spells that already exist in published works mm-hmm. They're very thematic and fun but if, you take, but if you end up taking them generally You would probably be better off re-flavoring a spell that already exists yeah. Mechanically if you're a power gamer I'm not necessarily a power gamer One of my favorite spells on the Ranger spell list is Cordon of Arrows mm-hmm. I always take Cordon of Arrows Cordon of Arrows, not a very good spell But it's cool. It's cool. It's fun. I like it. So, Alphabetical Order. Antagonize is third-level enchantment spell. Action, 30 feet. Target makes a wisdom-saving throw. They take 44 Psychic. Must use their reaction to make a melee attack against another creature of your choice. Increased damage when you upcast.
1: That one, I think, is probably one of the better ones. I was going to say, I think that one... uh for character for player abilities and spells, this is one that uh, kind of reaches into a more unique area there's not a lot that are like that allow the players to force an enemy to make another to make yes. an attack it, it forces it, not only that it forces the enemy to use their reaction
0: mm-hmm. now at a third level, 4 d4 is paltry damage yeah and the effect while potent. I think this would be better as a second level spell. If it were a second level spell, this would be a very, very good spell. Yeah. And I'm and I'm totally happy with that design as is. Uh, if they succeed, uh, it doesn't it doesn't even make a stipulation if they succeed. I assume you just it just, just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Save and, your suck spell. Yeah. I would have liked to see some half damage on
1: that, but that's fine. And if if no creature is within range of their attack, the target has disadvantage on their next attack roll makes before the start the uh, start of your next turn. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Uh next house of cards third level conjuration it lasts for 24
0: hours has a casting time of a minute Yep this is a setup thing This is a a lesser mansion a lesser mansion a lesser um the bubble Oh um uh hut Lehman's tiny hut it Is a lesser Lehman's tiny hut um It's a five-foot-wide, ten-feet-tall, very fragile. It has one hit point, an AC of ten. I mean, yeah, it's not really sure (sighs) why. This is not even, yeah, there's no... It's a third-level spell. Just wait a level, get Lehman's Tiny Hut, and Lehman's Tiny Hut is immune to all
1: damage. Yep, and this is not even a ritual spell, so you have to waste your spell slot.
0: And, And... I mean, it's bigger, you get three floors, 30 feet, it, like, it gets smaller as it
1: goes up, but it's just... and it's, it's not like it sure, if you want to build a little fortress this is kind of like you build a little fortress, maybe if you're preparing, but it's, you know each card has an AC of 10 and one hit point, so they're not that hard to hit. They're not that hard to destroy. Um, and, and that's each
0: individual card. And yeah, when a card is destroyed, you have to roll a D6. If you roll
1: a five or a six, the entire house collapses. So why am I waste- Why would I waste my spell slot spell selection? Let me let me put it this way. With bad luck, a commoner can
0: walk up and very easily punch a card, and the whole thing comes tumbling down. Mm-hmm. This is just bad. I don't even I don't even think it as, currently as
1: written. Like it would it would need an entire rework. Yes, again, top to bottom. Again, why would I waste my spell selection? Why would I waste my spell slot on this? It's a yeah. third level. At fifth le- at fifth level character, I don't know why I would cast this. Me neither.
0: Uh, next we have Spirit of Death. This is the highest level spell at fourth level. is a summoning spell. Uh, one action requires a four hundred gold piece uh, gilded playing card depicting the avatar of death. Concentration one minute, range of sixty feet, and it summons the Reaper Spirit. Uh, you can get into the details of what you can, how you command it and all that. Uh, AC is 11 plus the level of spell, so a minimum of 15. Hit points are 40 plus 10 for each spell level above third, so it would be 50 minimum, and you can get another 10 hit points when you upcast it. 30-foot fly speed, which is hover, immune to necrotic and poison, immune to a bunch of conditions. Got incorporeal movement. Uh... It's got haunting, uh, haunting tracker, can sense the direction and distance of the haunted creature if it's on the same plane of existence. Gets multi attack with a reaping scythe. It has paralyzing fear ability, 60 feet, wisdom saving throw. Frightened of the reaper for one minute. When frightened, their speed is zero and can't benefit from bonuses to speed.
1: Can repeat the saving throw at the end of the turns. Yep. The idea is this: this stat block only appears in the DMG. For the deck of many things. When you draw this card, now this thing hunts you. Now it has some other use where the player can summon it and have it attack. And and this is a lesser version compared to the one in the DMG as well. Um,
0: It's fine. The Reaper Scythe is... The melee attack that it can make is a d10 plus 3 plus the spell's level, so a minimum of 1d10 plus 7. A flat 8 that it can make... A number of attacks equal to ha- half the spell's level, so a minimum of two is fine. The paralyzing fear is neat. This either way, it's it's flavorful. I yeah,
1: th- if you if you have a character that that is kind is spooky, um, yeah, that's fine. Th- thankfully, it doesn't consume the material component. Thank God. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> um, it, it's another summoning spell. I, there's way too it, many. I mean,
1: yeah, they well, yeah, they're. If we want to jump forward just to Summons, uh, uh, we'll come back to Spray of Cards. Summon Warrior Spirit, um, it falls in line with uh, all the other Summon spells from Tosh's where... It's a third level, so it's a little bit lesser on a lot of things. You have... It requires a Gilded Playing card to pick a knight, knight, knight at least worth 300 gold. Again, doesn't consume... And it allows you to summon either a Barbarian, of Fighter, or a Monk, which their stats and abilities depend on which one you choose. Again, it just falls in line, right in line with the other summon spells from Tasha's Summons, you know, all of those. Yeah. Um, nothing really too interesting about that one. Basically, the the difference of what class you choose it to be
0: just changes the type of attack. The Barbarian attack is going to be dealing more flat damage, um, and attacks... It, Basically, the it's a reckless attack that you get minimum of once because it rounds down from third level. Mm-hmm. So you would really want to upcast this to fourth level. Uh, the fighter, you can do it at range. And it gives some temporary hit points when you hit. And then the monk is less damage, uh, but they have to make a save or be knock-prone, and then they get an additional bonus action to make a third attack, which... I think this is one of the more okay summoning spells, but at the same time, uh, it's more complex for not a lot of benefit for the complexity.
1: I mean again, it falls in line with the other ones in Tosh's. It gives you some options of you don't just take a summon spell where you summon either a pack of wolves or you yeah. know one giant demon again if if your character um, is the kind that would summon a cool a cool warrior spirit, cool. Otherwise, you know, I have a wizard not, that uses summon uh, undead spirit, or there's shadow, or summon shadow spirit. All have, have just slightly different mm-hmm. abilities. And uh,
0: finally, we come to spray of cards, second level spell, action, 15 foot cone. Uh, You get to choose one of two effects when you cast it. The blinding cards, each creature in the 15-foot cone make a wisdom save or be blinded until the end of their next turn. And then cutting cards, each creature within a 15-foot cone must make a dexterity saving throw. And they take 2d10 force damage or half. And then when you upcast it, it increases by 1d10 damage for every two spell slot levels above second. So you get no benefit for casting this at third level. Mm -hmm. And you get no benefit for upcasting this if you want the blinded effect. Let's pull up another second level spell. What is it? Burning Hands? Sure. Burning Hands is not a fantastic spell. No. It is, it is also a 15-foot cone. So they make a dexterity saving throw, and they get 3d6. So the max damage is a little
1: less, but the base damage is a little more. Base damage is a little more. What's the uh, upcast on Burning Hands? One d six for each level above first. Mm. So when you and it's a
0: first level spell, <laughs> it's not even a second level spell. So this is a worse Burning Hands in the damage department because at second level it would be getting four d six, so a minimum of four instead of a minimum of two, and a maximum of twenty four instead of a maximum of twenty. And blinded is nice. I think they could. I think they
1: should have just combined the effects. I yeah, I would agree there. I think. It's, it's, we always want more, um, uh, uh, customizability, more choices, more options, but is, we have, you know, you have to consider, is, is that lower damage worth another option? Not even another effect, just another option. Yeah. You know, th- there's probably an argument that could be made, um... But uh, yeah, as as we sit now, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think I would again. Would I lace my spell slot selection? Would I place my spell slot? Probably not. Of all five of the spells, the only one I can, would consider taking is Antagonize. Mm. Yeah. Again, the, all either much. either one, of the summon spells would would be depend very dependent on the character I was playing at the time. Um, I would have no reason to ever take house of cards ever ever that's just bad um and yeah antagonize again would work i would be better if it were a second level but as it is now still don't hate i don't hate it yeah
0: Well, that is the entirety of the Wonders of the Multiverse UA. You can download it now on dnd.wizards.com. You can look through it yourself. You can try and implement it uh, with some friends at a table if you want to play test it. They will likely be releasing a survey in the near future. If you do test it out or you want to give your thoughts on it, you can do that then when it comes out. Hopefully, we will let you know. Hopefully, remember to do that. With that...
1: We're going to Gen Con. We are going to Gen Con. We're leaving this Thursday. If you're watching this the day it posts, that's tomorrow. If you're watching this today as we're live, that's not tomorrow.
0: It's not tomorrow. It is in the coming days. Mm -hmm. Now, Gen Con is very exciting. Thursday through Sunday, we're going to be there all four days. We're going to a couple of TikTok events. We're going to be hitting the show floor a lot. We're mm-hmm. going to be playing maybe one D and D game there. Probably we really want to. We really want to do a lot of the uh, pre-release board game stuff. That would be cool. That's cool. If there's a way that I could, that we could try out D and D Onslaught. Oh, I would do that. I would do that. Um, there's several workshops. We'll be ab- out and about. Uh, there's one event that's basically drinking and food on, I think we're doing that on Friday night Friday night, so that'll be fun that one was a bit expensive, but it does include uh, drink tickets and food and games and prizes and all that kind of stuff, and we were like eh, it's just a big party Yeah, so we'll do that, it's a mini vacation if you are going, please come say hello to us um we will also be having a sale on Drive Through RPG. Uh, all of our stuff is pay what you want with the exception of the Blood Magic supplement. Uh, we are going to be discounting that down to, I believe, $2.99 instead of $4.99 as a celebration for Gen Con. And we will be starting that on the Thursday that Gen Con starts. And we will be doing that all the way through until the following Sunday. So week one week and the- three days. Yep. So 10 days for the sale. Uh, we'll be putting that out on socials. We're going to be making a ton of content. There's going to be, we're going to have, if you follow us on TikTok, I apologize. We're going to be posting a lot more than we normally do during Gen Con. We're going to be posting a bunch of stories. We're going to be posting a bunch of videos. I'm going to be. Cell v- Signal. <laughs> yeah. Be damned. Cell Signal. Be damned. Uh, we'll probably post more on the Instagram.
1: Uh, we're going to be vlogging it for a YouTube video, which will be fun. Hopefully we're recording a, an episode of the podcast. Yes. Maybe with some friends we make there. Yes. Maybe there are. with some. Um, Maybe with some hostages we take Ooh. there yes,
0: uh, we do need to contact the moon for um, hostage release forms. I did hear from the United States government that they wanted to get back um, some some hostages that we've taken. And we need to get the moon the moon needs to speed up their clerical thing her, her performance review is coming up soon. We'll bring all this up. Yes, but you know. If you are at Gen Con, please come say hi. Uh we don't know if we're going to record the entirety of the podcast while we're there. We might just record a segment and then when we get back, do an intro and an outro. Mm-hmm. Do some news. Who knows? Who knows? We'll figure it out as we go. We're insane. That's for sure. We're very, very excited. This is going to be so fun. Uh you can follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, podcast services around the globe. Apple, Google, Spotify, the um the
1: microwave oven? I,
0: I, I'm trying to find something other than the microwave oven. It's every single the, uh, uh
1: The sound of crickets. The sound of crickets. Yes. yes. Chirping in the night.
0: Um, wow. You can join our Discord. Link in the link tree in the bio. You can go to our drive-thru RPG to download our free nature pack that is going to be coming up. Pay what you want. That one is fun. Uh, a lot more beefy than our normal ones. We also have a bunch of other months that we have free uh homebrew available to us as well. And uh we will end this as as we oft like to do with some questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and or ideas mm-hmm. from the TikTok live as well as the Discord. Uh forgot to post this in the Discord that we were recording this today, so no <laughs> podcast questions from the Discord today. If you want to ask us a question and guarantee pretty much that it's going to be read right on the show, you should join our Discord server and put that question in the podcast questions channel in the Discord server. Samuel, do you have anything from the TikTok
1: live? Uh I have TikTok live, yes. Um first, R asks, does the world rotate clockwise or counterclockwise? Fuck. Uh I don't know, and I don't care.
0: Uh hold on, hold on. No. Okay. So if the east co- so if you go from the east coast of the United States to the west coast of the United States you are going back an hour three times. Mm-hmm. So that means the sun is traveling from east to west mm-hmm. across the sky, which means we must be rotating from west to east, which if you look from the top view would be okay. clockwise. If you look from the bottom view, that would be counterclockwise. So from the perspective of the north pole, the earth is rotating, sorry of the rotational north pole, because there's the magnetic right. north pole as well. If you're from the rotational north pole,
1: it is clockwise. And if you believe the Earth is flat, uh, you're right. All right. Uh, and next, well, Hannah you just is,
0: fall off the edge. Yeah,
1: yeah. Doesn't matter. That's you're, why you're gone. Yeah, that's why there's the ice wall there. <laughs> um, Dumb. Hannah Soko says, so yesterday during my session, I almost got us killed twice. Nice. Hannah. Good job. Good job. We're proud, proud of you. you.
0: <laughs> You've been gone for a week and we're still of
1: the same brain cell. <laughs> you know, it was vacation. Um you don't do much thinking on vacation. That is true. So I guess That's you true. kinda had the whole brain cell for the week. No, the cat did. Damn it, Jester. Stop. She's she stole it from me. She's sleeping now. She has Aww. she expended all the energy. Of
0: having one brain cell. She could have slept right here in the cat bed, in the, dice, in the dice tray, in the cat bed, on the table in front of the camera, but she chose not to.
1: She she, she, she sleeps where I was sitting earlier. Indeed. Anything else? Nope. That's it.
0: That's all we've got for the podcast today. A bit more of a svelte news podcast. So a bit more of a svelte Q&A portion of the podcast, but I'm okay with that. I think we had a great discussion. Again, follow us on all the socials. We went through that like five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, rate us On those podcast so services A rating and a description with A review will help us On those podcast services around the globe That's how they figure out what to
1: suggest To people on those services Particularly Apple, Google, and Spotify If you do rate us and really a review And you're going to Gen Con Come tell us that you Show, a, show us the review And Sam will, will tongue kiss you In the ear Right in the ear hole this has been a promise made just by the lap, Dungeon Bros. Just lapping it up. Just all of it. Thank God our word
0: is not our honor. Oh, boy. We have no honor among the
1: thieves of this house. No hat. Honor H among a thieves. I know. D&D hat. Well, in the meantime, peace.